0: Yo, what's up guys? Welcome to episode number 27 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Podcast. I am your host, Ben Brown. And today we talk with my buddy, Craig priceendorf Craig is a ketogenic diet expert, having experimented with it on and off for the past seven years. He's a health and fitness expert And most recently has taken his private coaching services to a completely different level, experimenting with psychedelics and how the use of those psychedelics can help create a lot more clarity into what his clients really want, what his clients really want out of their life, uh, to what level of success are they really striving to obtain and how to get there. And uh, so I think you're going to find this one pretty interesting. We go back and talk about Craig's past and uh, his experience in the military, how that led to a few stints with bodybuilding, his uh, entry into ketogenic dieting before, before it became as popular as it has been, so five or six years ago, and then how he's continued to evolve into the coach that he is today. I think you're going to get some pretty solid nuggets out of this one. And uh, assuming you do, well, share it with your friends, uh, find that aha, and uh, start implementing it. And as always, uh, like, comment, and uh, subscribe. And uh, if you love the show, leave us a review. It's it's the best way that we can continue to grow the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show and continue to provide great information with amazing, world-renowned health and fitness experts for you. Because that's uh, you know that's what it's all about. It's all about serving you guys and uh, giving you the tools that you need to help make smart nutrition simple. I appreciate you so much, and uh, let's uh, jump right in. Craig Preisendorf, what's up, my brother?
1: What's up, man? How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are you? and awesome.
1: Yeah, awesome. So stuff. you were t-
0: you were telling me you just got back from Maui.
1: Yeah, an epic. Ten days in Maui. Uh, So it's definitely the best 10 days of my life so far, for sure. There was definitely two nights that was just by far the greatest experiences. One of them obviously was the wedding and the other one was the night, two nights after, but it was just like, I don't know, like everything else prior to that in terms of any experience I've had kind of feels like nothing now. So it was really cool. It was earth shattering, life changing, paradigm shifting, you name it. It's everything you can drop on there happened. It felt like an old version of me died off. Let's put it that
0: way. what what was it that made those those nights so incredible what was it about the experience
1: uh just i mean it's an overall connection so for the first time on on the first night it was we were under the beach we were under the stars on the beach it was on at the bottom of haleakala and so it was it was amazing it was on the resort side we were staying at a What was the resort? The Grand Wailea. Yeah, had kind of like walked down this path and got away from all the things commercial and got in the middle of pretty much nowhere on our own private beach somehow, and we're just laying under there and like it was the first time that I've ever felt one hundred percent gratitude, like for everything in my life up until that point. It's the first time I really like felt it, like full like tears come down my face. Every time I touched Tara, more tears would come down my face. Cause I was so grateful for her. Cause like I felt remnants of it, right? I felt like 10%, 20%, maybe like even 50% gratitude before. And it was like, cause like, you know, I'm thankful for this and thankful for that, but it wasn't, it wasn't full. Like, so until that in that night right there, I really hadn't felt that before. And so to have that rush of that true emotion come through at its fullest was life changing. Cause it makes you really appreciate what you really have and it really appreciates what you don't have as mm-hmm. well in a sense, you know, cause like a lot of people know in a sense what they want to be and, but most people know what they don't want to be. Right. So it really affirmed both of those for me. And uh, yeah, that was one of the best nights of my life for sure. Dude,
0: that's awesome. Congrats. <laughs> like, do you think, do you think that in order to experience that level of gratitude, you have to, also experience all of those things that you don't want in life or experience them to some degree.
1: To some degree. Yeah. And I think, I think you can experience like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we don't want, right? I don't think you need to experience like below 50 degree weather to know <laughs> you don't want it. You know what I mean? It's not like that. So just experiencing like the hot points of those things. Like I don't know if there was like a, Let's say if you wanted to experience pain, there's a way to do that that would equate to like 100 different versions of that, right? So I don't know how that makes sense or anything. Yeah, it does.
0: But but like an example is like, you know, to have financial stability, like you're so grateful to have financial stability. And the reason possibly that you're so grateful is because you fully understand what it feels like to just be scraping by, you know?
1: Yeah, that's, in that aspect, absolutely. fucking like... I was homeless, you know, for three days. My, like I, I, I went in the Marine Corps at one point, my parents, like I rose, I was grew up in a very strict religious background, like super, super strict. And, and my religion, they all went on missions at like 18, 19 years Mm -hmm. old. They all started going out for two years and kind of proselyting. And uh, I chose to go to the Marine Corps and my mom, like pretty much thought I was going to die. Right. Like, Oh no, I can't believe you're doing that stuff. So like, that aspect, like after that, I, I came home. She kicked me out of the house. And so like I was pretty much homeless in the transition. Was life. that
0: was that against your religious practices?
1: No, it wasn't. Like it was frowned upon, but it, it wasn't like it was my mom wasn't being the greatest mom in the world at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was one of those things where like everyone in the religion did it. So if your de- kid didn't go, it's just like, yeah with your kid you know so yeah. that's that's the state of affairs i lived in but then went to the marine corps and i understood like i got kicked out of the house for it so therefore i was homeless like i literally slept on a bench uh i slept in one of my buddies like dirt floor basement in the ghetto one bedroom studio apartments for a month you know working at a golf course so yeah yeah you're definitely experiencing that level of depravity is definitely wants you to put you in a place where you're never going to be there again yeah. yeah you work your ass off to get there
0: so, so how did you, so you, you had said, since you talked, started talking about the Marines, what, what was the impetus to go in the Marines? And then how did you work your way into the fields of health and nutrition and fitness?
1: Yeah, so the Marine Corps was mostly an escape from my religious upbringing and my parents. That was the biggest reason. Uh, the, the role in the fitness was that the Marine Corps didn't really do it right, and there was something that w- they were missing in terms of getting people in shape. So in boot camp, I went in around 130 pounds. I was skinny in high school, right? Played a lot of soccer and golf. But, you know, I trained. I did a lot of dips and pull-ups, and so my PFT score was, like, through the roof. But when I first got there, they were like, some of you came in great shape, some of you came in terrible shape, as in like they were about 250, 60 pounds and couldn't do one pull up. Yeah. So that's where they're coming in. He's all, you all meet in the middle by the time you're done. That kind of hit me for a second. I'm like, shit. Hmm. Like, I worked my ass off so I could kind of be degraded in a sense. And, you know, they, they pretty much fed me double rations because I was so skinny. So it's all this nasty cafeteria food. So I actually gained 40 pounds of fat in boot camp. And then I watched. Wow. I watched another kid at like 280 pounds. He lost 100 pounds, but he went from one pull up to two pull ups in three months. It <sighs> so was a big discrepancy. That's pretty awful, right? Yeah, exactly. You lose 100 pounds, you should be able to like 10 pull ups out of that. you know? yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So that was a like aha moment of like, man, there's something off here. Because when I first started training, like I actually followed Brad Schoenfeld's Look Great Naked program sure. when I was 12. That was my first program. The first time I ever stepped in a gym was the first time I followed a program. And so like I learned pretty much from the get-go what it means to be balanced overall. He started unilaterally and then went upper lower and then went full body and then progressed into, you know, splits to where you're finally like working each muscle to its exhaustion, but you were still getting about 45-minute workouts. So anyway, rambling on. Yeah, it was awesome learning from them at the very greatest point, like, Okay, this is where I'm starting at a really yep. awesome firm. I didn't know who Brad Schoenfeld was. I just picked it up in the in the store. I was like, look great naked. Yes. Yes, I do want yep. to look
0: great naked. That's <laughs> what we want.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So okay, so cool. So you got out of the military and you said you kinda were in crappy shape. You know? Yeah. You were sure. in worse shape when you got out of the military. Yep. And and so what was your first kind of introduction into you know working with clients and in business and
1: yeah, so I started personal training sales because I was 18. I hadn't had a certification yet. So like they said, well, in Beyond Fitness, you can sell training without being a trainer and getting certified. So it's a loophole. Obviously, you know, looking back in the day that that company was one of the most shady companies I've ever worked for in my entire life. Like most of the people working there were convicts, like, like literally or felons. Felons. Yeah, they've been out of jail. So, you know, whatever. It's, it is what it is. It was a great experience. But, uh, that's where I learned interacting physically. And then I kind of got lucky by getting uh certification under Larry Scott when he yeah, had sure. Larry Scott, uh, personal training phase, bio phase is what it was called. And, uh, it was cool. Like I learned from Larry for the first two years and I actually worked in office there for another two years. So for four years I got to you know, hang around Larry Scott and watch well, him. That's
0: That's pretty valuable education right there.
1: Yeah, that was that was night day, cause like those guys back in the day, they kind of had it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They had it, it dialed in. They knew what they were doing, and they didn't use a ton of drugs. So it was yeah, pretty, exactly. It was still healthy, you know. Versus now, it's like holy shit balls. Like I don't know if you've seen that meme of that like mutant looking dude. That says, Mr. It says Mister Olympia 2020. Third arm coming out of this. <laughs> I can
0: I can only imagine that right the the cocktail of of drugs that by 2020 that they're going to be using. So did that take you into the realm of bodybuilding?
1: Yes, it did. So um, I was kind of in the realm of bodybuilding anyway. So when I first looked at a magazine when I was 10, it was Flex. uh, Who was it, man? It wasn't Flex. Darren Jackson? Yeah, it was Darren Jackson. He had a bunch of veins in his forearms. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's my goal. I want veins in my forearms. So I actually started looking at bodybuilding magazines first. And so out of the Marine Corps, I went back to that, obviously being around Larry too. And so working in a personal training sales environment, I got a certification, started personal training. And so it kind of ran all downhill from there. And I did uh, three and a half shows. Like I've been through the runner. Like the first show uh, I got super depleted by my coach and like, 12 week diet. I think six of the weeks I was on a thousand calories, all chicken. Mm. I could not have vegetables cause they had too many calories. You know, this is, and this was a top recommended coach who actually still is a coach and he's, you should see his Instagram. It's like before and afters left and right. He's got a lot of pros on stage. So it's.
0: But no, but no after afters,
1: but no after afters. Exactly. You know, very, very good getting on stage coach. Um And then I went through another coach and then I ended up in the emergency room. Cause he kind of like, Wasn't really paying attention, but, you know, gave me too many diazides because I wasn't drying out. So I had like about eight diazides within a 12-hour period, and that Mm. ended up tanking me in the ER 24 hours later. And I went to like 1.3 potassium blood level and, uh, you know, full body paralysis. I went through that experience and almost died. I relapsed. Because the half-life kicked in, right? I didn't see that oh, coming. Oh, dude. So, you know, it dropped. I was in the ER, so it was safer there. But it's still like, God damn it, I'm getting paralyzed again. I couldn't move my head left and right, you know? But, uh, yeah. And then the third show, I did, you know, I did it all myself. I actually kind of went into the keto realm and okay. went with higher fat mode. I, I The previous one were all high-carb, high-protein, and then drop your carbs out to where you're mm-hmm. all-protein. And like, if you touched fat other than seven almonds, you were going to gain fat. That was a, that was the dieting that I came from. And so switching completely over, I kind of ran into like, uh, Mario Deke Pasquale and John Keeper at the same time and read both those routes. I had also been familiar with, uh, shit, what's his name? He's an older bodybuilder. Who's been using the keto diet for a while. Um, Hmm. he looks like a Ninja turtle. He's really ugly dude. Like when he's on stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: terrible physique but yeah anyway he was a big keto guy and stuff too but uh yeah that's i did my third show i did uh the u i did the nationals show for the wbff in august I ended up with a top 10 placing which was nice but at that moment like i did the fitness and i got up there and like these guys are like working this stage really hard and like i have a lot of personality and I just looked around and these guys like fixing their hair and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this shit is not my style. Mm. And it was, it took that moment on stage of looking around and be like, yeah, I don't need to be here. And then at that point it was like, I'm just going to be a coach. Like, I don't need to be an athlete. I don't need to be a bodybuilder. Like my true passion is seeing people reach their optimal ultimate potential that they didn't even recognize they had. So hopefully I can help them see further than what they thought their potential was. And then they over and supersede me by, you know, seeing what their potential is further than what I thought. So that's my whole goal. And that wasn't going to get anywhere. If I was a bodybuilder or anything else, like I couldn't do that for people. So that was my kind of progression in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, right on. So, so you embraced keto relatively early, at least, well, not early, because it's been around for, for a long time. But in yeah. in, this, in the scope of how popular it is now, you've been utilizing keto for quite some time. And you're well known in the ketogenic industry as being somewhat of an expert. Um, what is it about? Well, I guess one, are you still utilizing keto for yourself, or your clients? And And then what is it about that initially attracted you to it, um, you know, way back or however many years ago?
1: So that moment in the emergency room, um, I, I decided to focus that like vanity wasn't really the goal. And it was a slow transition period, right? I still wanted to get on stage, but in the ER before my third show, after my second, it was like, I need to focus on what is good for the brain. Like I haven't even focused on that at all. And like, to be honest, like I was a C student You know, I wasn't really very smart at all for the most part. And, you know, I felt like I was kind of lagging in behind, even like some mechanical things in the the military that most people would get. It was kind of like, fuck, I don't understand this shit. And so, like, once I started focusing on the brain, things just led to using ketones, right? Because it just seemed to be all research showed that they were optimal for the brain. And when you look at... Kind of data that shows that ketones are uptake to the brain if glucose is available, ketones are still taken up first. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: I don't necessarily know how that mechanism is, whether the ketones actually are preferred or whether they shove glucose out of the way. I, that's what I don't know, right? So I've been talking with Kasim Hansen about this a lot, as you know who he is. Yeah, uh, and that's I'm bringing him in as well because he's helped me kind of see where keto is limited and where it can be optimized. And so what I did is I straight went keto pretty much for 90% for six years. Okay. And when I first got into keto, the circumstances were awesome for me to do it. Right. I was in a very good place financially. Uh, I had all my clients set up. All my schedule was perfect. Like I could train two to three times a day if I wanted. Everything was crystal clear. There was no stress. So I was able to jump in keto completely and train twice a day. So in a sense, what I didn't know I was doing, but I was doing was hyper adapting myself to a fat adapted position. Because prior to that, I had hardly used any fats. And mm-hmm. so what I was doing, I was creating the, in a sense, the opposite effect of what I was doing is to balance out my system. And it worked magnificently and so i dropped body fat my endurance went up my inflammation went down everything was good for about 3 years right and don't be wrong during this time like every month or two every two months like i'd have a crazy carb day or like eat some ice cream but the thing is like i was so fat adapted and ke- like glucose sensitive i'd be back in a keto with a workout and a sleep right so it wasn't anything that would keep me out for more than 2 or 3 days so I was always basically running off ketones for the most part, from what I understood and rolling into that, like my systemic inflammation started going up when I started seeing more stress in my life and okay. I didn't really know what was going on. Right. So I started fasting cause that's supposed to help things, but guess what? Fasting more stress. Body, right. Yeah. And so what I'm seeing here is, and this is actually kind of all climaxed at muscle nerves where I kind of was at the point where I was like, okay, this is clearly my fucking issue. Thank you for hammering it home for me. Cause I was skirting it around it. Cause You know, as a—I don't know—have you been a personal trainer or anything like that before?
0: Yeah, for 15 years. It
1: seems like you have. You know, go mindset. Like to sit back and do nothing is fucking hard, right? You're like. There's no way I'm going to not train people and make money and do work and, you know, train myself. But I'm going through a divorce, uh, right. you know, like FitCon's happening. So I didn't really take into account that. That was 25,000 people in his third year. Like, right. and I was like, oh, that's no stress. You know what I mean? So it's just walking around in a semi-state of denial. But at the same time, like I was able to see it in my clients and help them you know, get through it. It just didn't really happen in me. So it took a lot of self-assessment to realize, you know, the keto diet was actually extreme, uh, exacerbating my issues with stress involved. And so pretty much what I did is I started including carbohydrates back in, um, and on a routine pretty much every day, there's hardly a day I don't go without at least 50 to hundred grams. And by no means am I hitting like four five, six, seven, 800, I'm hitting like two, 300, you know what I mean? So not a, not a huge amount. My fat's lower, but my protein's still high. And so pretty much what everything's doing is I've been doing some steady state cardio and some strength work and that's it. And mm-hmm. I've been watching my whoop strap, which I always keep track. And depending on my recovery and HRV for that morning, I will either go to the gym or not or do cardio or hit strength or, or it's pretty much a day to day analyzation of how I can feel in the gym. And since I've been doing it for about the past three months and you kind you caught me right in the middle during muscle nerds. Yeah. Um, I've been able to go back to the gym just this last week is my first week back, and holy shit, man! It's like you're starting out for the first time, but you have everything you remembered ready to go, and so like you get a brand new level of contraction, you get a brand new level of recovery, you get that like not the DOMS, but that familiar soreness of like, okay, fucking cool, I did some damage, right? Yeah. So that's where keto was. And it was awesome. Like I put a lot of fighters in keto, but the thing is they wouldn't stay in keto right after they're done fighting for that camp, they'd bump out. Right. So at the same time, it's just like, you need to watch where you're doing keto. You need to be set up in the correct manner, like stress wise, like overall stress in life in order to start adopting any really new change in diet that's that strenuous.
0: So let's take a step back just for a second, and for, for those people listening that have heard ketogenic diet, have heard keto, but may not necessarily understand exactly what a ketogenic diet is, could you just give, me, give us a really, brief, really brief summary of what a ketogenic diet is?
1: Cool. So uh, a ketogenic diet by medical standards is about 20 to 25 percent uh, protein, the rest is fat. You have very little carbs and that is it. Like as, as low as you can go, but keep it green vegetables. Now there are modified versions of keto, right? So there's the higher protein version. There's the higher fat version, which is for a disease state, higher proteins Mm -hmm. for an athlete. And then there's a targeted and a cyclical. So sorry, that's as brief as it can get, but there's a lot. That's,
0: that's perfect. And, and so what you had been practicing originally was like a traditional ketogenic Were you doing more you'd said you'd been following Mario de Pasquale. He has more like cyclical ketogenic,
1: right? So at first I straight up did keto, nothing different. Uh, protein was super low fat was super high. It was a disease state ketosis for about three straight months. It was January to March. And, uh, I wasn't too active. It was the winter. I was more, more, uh, too active in terms of training, but I was active in terms of training uh, clients, training myself, not so much. Right. So I could handle that amount of keto. And then, so after that I started utilizing carbs around the workout Mm -hmm. and i my protein. And then I started doing some cyclical stuff down the road. Um, And then with like Jake and Ryan studies and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff coming around, like I was debating and flipping flopping with uh, targeted ketogenic versus cyclical ketogenic of like, does, is it enough to provide true source of energy? Uh, And, you know, so I kicked around all those. And I think like getting in, you need to make sure you're in a good point. You stick to a straight ketogenic diet, like I, what, what's happening is Cassim and I are creating a program and Tara are creating a program as a mitochondrial reconstruction program to where you're basically doing ketosis and a slight caloric deficit, but you're not putting any excess strain on your body through intense workouts or high intensity cardio. So it's just plain old cardio, cardio getting your heart rate to get, in good position in the morning to where you're waking up with a lower heart rate and you're, it's, it's, you're not stressing yourself out today because I have a couple clients that like first come at me. They're like, that was 90 is my resting. I'm like, Oh shit. man.
0: Yeah. oh, Bring that down. You know?
1: So, and no one, everyone hates doing cardio, but it's something that once you can like Luke talked about switch your mindset instead of helping you lose fat. It's like, it's actually building your heart. That's what you need.
0: Well let's, so let's talk about losing fat because yeah, I would say that 95% of the people that under, you know, want to take on a ketogenic diet are doing it because yeah. um, it's popular right now and because they want a different, you know, some popularized way to lose body fat. So with that said, who would you recommend a ketogenic diet for? Who is it appropriate for? Who is it inappropriate for?
1: Yeah. So I I think if you're extremely obese or you have some kind of mental condition where you do not have a good ability to process glucose to the brain, then ketogenic dieting is for you until you can afford glucose exogenously, right? So that's the whole goal is to get fat adapted, but glucose sensitive. That's the whole goal because you shouldn't lose the ability to use carbs. So at that Mm -hmm. point, yeah, extremely obese or disease states, completely ketogenic. Um, If you want to kickstart a weight loss program or you kind of overused carbs. That's another good place to start. Like, okay, like I've gone 6 months. I really haven't had a day under 100 150 grams of carbs for me. Maybe I should take a break for some carbs for 6 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then I'll jump out for 6 weeks go straight keto. Granted, if I do any high intensity work, I'm going to add some carbs in there. It's just it's just a matter of fact nowadays, right? Now,
0: what would the benefit be like would it necessarily be would it be necessary to say go full keto or just say look i'm going to go high fat moderate protein low carb but not necessarily monitor whether or not i'm actually in ketosis yeah. or is there an extra benefit and what is that extra benefit to actually being in ketosis and how do we know
1: right so man scientifically there's the, it's out right there's so many different studies saying whatever so personal experience wise i noticed that being in full keto cognit- cognitively is night and day than everything else. Okay. It is wonderful. It feels like you're you're slightly microdosed on LSD all day. It is truly well connected. It really feels that way. And I don't know if a lot of people have done it or you know try it, find a good source. But I'm not recommending it. But you should try it. But no, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, like you know it is what it is. But like, keto feels like that level of clarity. It's just okay. Pure energy. There's no crash. Uh, It's kind of hard to sleep sometimes, you know, but at the same time, you can get shit done. Like you fit puzzle pieces together that you were kind of missing before. And then again, you're not really distracted by food. It's, it's this automatic set point to where like, I don't feel like eating it's so sweet. I'll just get shit done. Like, because you're but,
0: likely consuming so much fat and it's so okay. satiating.
1: Exactly. And if you're not, it's using your own body fat and you can kind of feel that running. You don't get hypo. You don't get anything as long as your you know, electrolytes are on par and your water's on par. You can fast for three to seven days and feel better and better and better, right? Like Drew Manning, I think you know who he is, right?
0: Yeah, fit to fat to fit.
1: Yeah. He just went on a seven day fast. He's done a couple, you know, and he says it felt like it set reset his whole system. Like his testosterone felt better, but at the same time, like, that's not good if you're going to start putting some really big stress on yourself. You know, if you're going to start lifting some weights doing some sprints or even flying and traveling around, it's a good idea to start introducing some carbohydrates to introduce some cortisol relief in a sense. So
0: yeah. Okay. It's cool. So, (laughs) so it it may be really beneficial. I'm just going to kind of, summarize so it may be and and wrap my head around it too is so maybe really beneficial certainly for someone who needs to lose a lot of body fat may be very insulin resistant and very uh, you know um carbohydrate resistant and 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 then for those people that want to improve cognitive function they may feel like you know they may feel foggy brained and and don't feel like they're functioning at full capacity like you had said you know you felt like as you know earlier in your life then then actually getting into ketosis can be a, a very beneficial way to get that brain firing, get focus on point. Right. Um, and on that note, so people who wouldn't be
1: good for keto are your super high intense athlete, uh, the, the, your prosthetic, your a guys, you're doing all that stuff. Like, I would always have a source of carbohydrates for my trainers. Like the goal is to see ketone measurements in the morning. It wasn't to see outrageous two, three, four millimolar numbers. It was to see, okay, in the morning, your body has reverted back into ketosis. So in a sense, I know your body's healing. Like, cause that's pretty much what's happening in keto is you get this aut- autophagy effect of yeah. healing. Right. So, But at the same time, if we remove carbs, man, shit would tank. Power would go out the window. Uh, The cognition, which is crazy, is still there, right? You're still sharp as ever, even though your body feels like it's going through mud. The thing is, we don't want the body to go through mud. So, stream athletes, no bueno. Uh, Really, really hard gainers, probably not as well. Like, you just have to, they should be eating as much as everything as they can for the most part. It's good to have a shit ton of fats because it's dense, but you need everything. But um, the normal person, I think you know, if you're in a point of very low stress, and you're a business guy or a mom who just needs to kind of focus on getting stuff done in life, then that's the perfect time to do it. And you'll see a little bit of fat loss because of it. Because in a sense, you're bringing total body inflammation down, you're reducing total amount of stress, you're putting your body in a little bit more efficient state. So therefore, your whole system, your whole world can handle what you're doing, versus super high stress, and you're trying to like, uproot something. What I try to tell my clients is like, okay, let's say that, you know, you want to start keto right now. Sure. That's great. You want to uproot everything. So let's say I just take you over to Zimbabwe and put you in the middle of nowhere and you have to adapt. That's pretty much what we're doing. If we just have you keto versus what you were doing, Mm -hmm. right? Some people are close, but a lot of people really aren't. So finding a person and, you know, looking, being really honest with yourself and saying, okay, where's a good point. And then if you want to get to keto, get yourself to a point to where you can get into keto to where, okay, I have this low period through maybe the holidays that are low stress or, you know, January, February, March are days of low stress. And if you think about it, our ancestors would most likely be in keto in the winter, right? So if you go winter time, a little bit seasonal, go keto, I think that's probably one of the best times to do as well. So yeah. Uh, yeah, just be honest with yourself. And there's a lot of different ways that it can be used, but at the same time it's, it definitely isn't a cure-all.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what you're really saying is, is stress plays a major role in how our body adapts to ketosis, because in and of itself, keto is a stressor, and so we don't want to lay it on too thick in terms of the number of you know the number of stressors that we're are um, experiencing. And so, for for the average Jane and Joe just starting to experiment with maybe increasing their fats, decreasing their carbs a little bit creating more awareness around how much total calories they're taking in. Because I'd say that for the majority of people, if they aren't aware of how much calories they're taking in on a daily basis, then why even bother? Like first figure out how much food you're eating, decrease the amount of food if your goal is weight loss, and then you can start to experience, you know, you know, yeah. pl- play around with keto.
1: You need a, you, again, you need a snapshot of where you are, right? So how many calories are you eating now? Like, and what is that doing for you? Are you losing weight? Are you gaining weight? Are you staying still? Like, yeah, like you said, it's perfect. Start with the basics. There's a lot of people are like, I want to be intuitive eating. It's like, you don't even know.
0: Dude,
1: That's yeah. Because you've been intuitively eating, you know? So it's, it's an earned privilege. And like, I've, I, I do it, but it's not all the time. Like I still, right now, I'm tracking. I'm making sure I'm getting enough calories to support my uh, energy uptake because if I don't, I'm going to be back in the position I was where I didn't before I de-stressed. I'm going to bring all that right back and then my body is going to start getting inflamed, start losing muscle and I'm going to like shit again.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point for everyone listening. Just first and foremost, before you're considering – like starting any kind of new fad diet or any kind of different diet, like first take stock of what you're currently doing. How many calories are you currently eating? How much protein, carbs, and fats are you taking in? And are you aware of, uh, of it? You know, when is it coming in? Where is it coming from? What are your sources? And once you can uh, create some awareness around that, then you can start to experiment with reducing certain macronutrient portions and playing around with more fat, less carbs, whatever. But calories really, as far as weight loss is concerned, at the end of the day, calories matter most. And then you can get into
1: all we have to measure, like whether they matter or not, it's all we have to measure. Like that's all the data we can really correlate off of until we get further into our scientific ventures. So until something happens where it completely shatters everything caloric wise, it's all we have.
0: Yeah, and we know it's not the end all be all, but
1: yeah,
0: but it's
1: the only metric but
0: <laughs> for so many people that I have conversations with is we tend to get way too far ahead of ourselves and oh, say, yeah. you know, I like I feel like I'm doing everything right and I'm eating healthy fats and I'm eating, you know, quality proteins and low starch carbs and and I'm exercising and I just, you know, I think it's my thyroid. I think it's my adrenals. I think it's gut health. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, like, you you're, pro- it, you're probably just eating too much food. Yeah, or, no. And or not exercising <laughs> enough. So, yes, I think that's important to. Uh,
1: yeah, we want to get to six, six weeks to six pack abs one more 20% body fat. Right. And like, like, like you said, back to basics is like, are you chewing your food till it's liquid? Mm, day one like muscle nerds again i'm keep dropping because they're awesome right but it's just like are you chewing your food and precision nutrition hammered that home too like they killed it and that's the most basic of the basic of the basics because it's interesting when you chew your food you find out how quality your food is real fast
0: yeah and you also feel you you also notice how full how satisfied you get with a, a much smaller volume of food, yes. you find out how well you start to digest your food. And we, and I've talked about, I've, I've interviewed, you know, digestion and gut health experts on the show as well. So everyone's familiar with that. So how do you utilize intermittent fasting or do you utilize intermittent fasting with keto or are you a fan?
1: Yeah, I definitely did use it all the time with keto. And so as, with my fighters too, like I would definitely, cause they're all full-time jobs and training. Let's. Yeah. These aren't the pros that are getting
0: paid. No, to fight. totally.
1: Most of them are in the in the trenches. You know, have three kids even. So, like, they would use intermittent fasting all day, but I would just make sure they were getting massive breakfasts and massive dinners at the same time, right? But if you're in almost, you know, a very fat adapted state and you're almost ketogenic, I think intermittent fasting should really only be done if you're almost ketogenic or not ketogenic. Cause like there's so many complications that can happen. You can start losing muscle pretty quickly. If you're in just a overstressed and you decide to give it a little too hard of a workout that could probably cascade some things pretty quickly if you intermittent fast. But, and again, it's hard to get the food in. So again, for my fighters, it's easier because they don't have to eat as much during cut weeks and you know, so uh, I did it all the time when I was trying to get shit done. Like I you know, okay all day and eat dinner. And I do that when I actually go to seminars, like I will have a huge coffee or herbal mate or whatever the fuck in the morning, go all day and then crush dinner so I can just soak everything up. So mm-hmm. yeah, the intermittent fasting is awesome for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it for similar, similar productivity standpoint, more, more strategic than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also works great just to, to help regulate total caloric intake
1: as okay. well. Yeah, yeah. You eat so much in one sitting.
0: So we had talked, you know, you were telling me, I don't know if it was at Muscle Nerds or at Metabolic Analytics, but you were talking about how and and I'd like you to kind of segue into your lucid product, but you were talking about how you kind of struggled a lot when you were younger with Attention deficit issues and how that led you into the field of nootropics and and starting to study all that stuff. Would you mind sharing all all of that and and then how you came up with your product?
1: Yeah, this is actually, and it goes into what I'm going to now. So, um, with that, it was when I started focusing on keto, but at the same time, I also started um, using a lot of marijuana and eating a lot of mushrooms, some psychedelic, methods. so that was part of it as well, um, so the combination of those two helped me find since the past, like, I looked at Charles Polican's work with all his neurotropics, uh, Ben Greenfield was kind of a player, um, pretty much it was getting on boards and, you know, interacting with people who have worked with neurotropics at the time I was doing it, because there wasn't a lot of products out at all, um, so when I was started really playing around with, like, the paracetams and all that stuff it was probably, five, maybe six years ago. And that was the same time with mushrooms. So mushrooms kind of helped me intuitively steer my product to where they optimized myself and almost every single person I gave it to. Cause it's not going to work for everybody. You know that, but if you can work for a lot of people, then you got a pretty good product. So, um, I started working with neurotropics and the more I worked with neurotropics, the more I did psychedelic therapy and the more I was able to soak up and retain. And it felt like a lot of the stuff that I didn't want to know was just disappearing. And then looking into, uh, you know, the psychedelics and what they do, they actually do do that. They un- they deprogram stuff in your brain that wasn't doesn't really need to be there. It's not useful anymore. And then you get to choose what goes back in. And so pretty much that's what happened. So I went through almost five full years of a delete and replenish mode. It was amazing, and what happened is I was able to soak up, apply, and become the coach I am now, and then start creating Lucid. So it took me about three years to create that, and I wasn't—I had it ready to go before ketones came out. But then ketones came out, and Dr. Ryan or Dr. Yeah, it was his Dr. Ryan Lowry and Dr. Jake Wilson actually sent me like a really suspect-looking white bottle that said "Superhero Sauce" on it, <laughs> like a white powder. I'm like, oh God! And so I'm just you know scooping teaspoons of this, about ten grams, and adding it to the rest hams and other ingredients I had. And it just fucking hit me like a brick. I was just like, Whoa, this is different. Like all of these work so much stronger when it's with the ketones. Cause they were okay. doing something. They were definitely making a big effect. And I was, I'm not one to shy away from a heroic dose. Um, so all mega dose with new pep to see if there's an effect there to see, okay, you know, people, and you know, I've got on Reddit and other things and people taking insurmountable amounts. So in the same sense, I'm kind of being realistic in what with what I think I can handle. But they were were never as good as when I added ketones. And so when I put all those together and then had it manufactured, it kind of ramped it up. Mixing those all together and having it packaged uh, took it to the next level. It was it created better bioavailability because you weren't single mixing all these powders and it just really started helping people all over the place with all sorts of issues. Um, and I can't really, you know, you can't make claims, I can't make claims, but I get reviews saying, you know, I'm off my antidepressant medications, I'm off this, I'm off that, like all over the place. Like, unbelievable stuff and that's really the only reason i'm kind of keeping it in circulation is because the stories that i'm getting back and like the football players the mma fighters that are using it they feel like they're they feel more confident and that they're protected in a sense so even that that's a placebo by all means but at the same time if that's helps them then sure i'm going to keep putting it out there but at the same time like you've taken it like i haven't really ran into a person where they're not like whoa whoa, this is awesome for a second you know
0: yeah i felt like I felt like I took it at that class and I felt like the blood was like, I could feel like the blood rushing in my brain. Like, like I felt like it was, it was rushing into areas of my brain that it wasn't able to get to previously. You know what I mean? Like it just felt like warm and I was like super focused for a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was super happy. Right. It was a little bit of hack A little bit of luck in there, but totally. out it created that and honestly so what i want you to know is when you do a psychedelic experience on mushrooms the the trip experience where you're seeing like uh mild visual uh, distortions and you're having the rush of feelings that lasts about four hours and then three hours after that there's this tremendous experience where everything calms down to the point of complete neutrality and your vision has this like warm high definition like 20k look about it and you pretty much, you can, you, what you do is you smoke marijuana and then revelations come through like crazy. Like everything that you need to do and how you need to do it is like down, down, down. Cause if anything, the psychedelics teach you, if you do them correctly, is that all the answers that you are seeking are inside. Like mm. you heard it somewhere. It's in your subconscious. You just need to know how to work with it and put it together with the other things to make it happen. And so I was chasing that 3 hour window. I wanted that clarity, that glow, that that pure amazing essence of psychedelics in lucid and lucid is as close as I got to it. If you microdose there's very similar feelings with lucid and LSD. So uh I I've gotten really close It's still a work in art. Like I'm definitely still working on it. There's a couple awesome tweaks I'm coming up with here, but yeah, that was the whole goal. And since then it's, it's proved itself. Like, and I take it as often as I possibly think of it. So it's awesome.
0: So, so just for, for, for those listening that may not know exactly what nootropics are. Yeah. Elaborate.
1: Yeah, so nootropics are pretty much anything that's going to help the brain function better, plain and simple. Um, now there are smart drugs, and then there's nootropics. So smart drugs would be more of the things that are prescribed that could possibly have a side effect that we don't really know about. Because like the things like Provigil and NooVision and all that stuff, we don't know because they haven't been around, right? Mm-hmm. But things like Piracetam and Racetam, tam, which are the true kind of king daddy nootropics. Those have been tried and true for the last 55, 57, 60 years. They started working in the late 1960s. So we've been floating on those for a little bit of time, right? So those are the differences between the two, right? Because like the drugs are definitely like Adderall is still a nootropic drug technically. Gotcha. Uh, I created Lucid to punch Adderall in the face because I didn't like what Adderall was doing to the brain.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that's good. So then, so you, you created the nootropics, but then you added exogenous ketones, yes. which helps sort of reinforce what you would, what we were talking about earlier, like the brain boosting effects of a ketogenic diet, but, but in an exogenous way, like you can immediately replicate what you would facilitate from the diet with the exogenous ketones.
1: Yeah, so Kasim uh, mentioned that Chris Masterjohn had said that uh, exogenous ketones might kind of repair the mitochondrial ability to function, pretty Mm. much, is what I understand. And so if that's the case, then that's why you're getting such that feeling, right? So adding all those neurotropics that are turning the brain on and then getting that mitochondrial boost is probably why you're like, holy shit, I'm doing that. Is even if you take ketones, you get a mild feeling like that. Like if you like go through Prove It or uh, yeah. Keto BHB Pro or whatever the hell. There's so many of them out there now. But if cool. you go into any of those, you feel a light, like mood boost of like okay, this kind of feels good. But with Lucid, with all the other stuff, in it, it was like whoa, wow. So it was pretty cool.
0: So, <clears throat> so currently, are you working with clients?
1: Yeah. So I only work with ten clients, and they're all very. I want to say high profile. So what we do is uh, we teach them how to biohack from the inside out. We do all their workouts. We get them on an activity tracker, like the whoop or the aura ring. We're monitoring their sleep. We look at their 23 and me and we plug it into a few different sites like Prometheus And, uh, fitness genes don't we don't use that one but pure genomics we go through cast and that one as well um, we do we do a little bit of the metabolic analytics for a lot of them to see what they're going to because we have to do their blood tests as well and then we do their caliper so we can correlate both because you know it's better to just do it that way versus just assume
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so and our clients have the money to do it which is nice and so we do that together and then we actually put in a lot of protocols through that Charles has onto them as well. And then we have a few other ones that we've been working with. And, uh, we also use psychedelics in a very therapeutic fashion, like Tara and I, that's, that's what we're doing. And the whole reason, you know, I'm bringing this up and I apologize if your audience isn't you know, <laughs> this isn't for your audience and you weren't meaning to go this way, but yeah, it'll
0: be all right. We're good.
1: <laughs> okay. You know, but, uh, Cause they are illegal for everyone who knows out there, like they're illegal, but at the same time, like no one's hunting anybody down last time I checked. But yeah, they, uh, they're the only things that I really think that can create a massive amount of true 100% change in somebody. Because unless you, unless you remove yourself from all stimulation, like Eckhart Tolle is, you know who he is? Sure. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle sat on a bench for a year and observed the now. Uh, he took LSD and was like, LSD is a massive violent shift into the now. So there's two ways of getting there and staying there longer will help you unprogram or deprogram what has been programmed that you don't need. And therefore you can truly change what's going on. And I've seen that in my clients and the transformations that I don't put them out there in public uh, who I train uh, because this is very high end work, but I just want to tell you like, the last year and a half that we've been doing this, like it's crazy just to see the leaps and bounds they've taken it professionally, personally, relationship wise. Like a lot of them have pulled the trigger on their divorces. A lot of them have like cut companies out. A lot of them have like completely switched career paths Mm -hmm. and they're really successful at doing it. They just realized that uh, the career path wasn't defining them. They are they, who they are and they could go do anything that they want and conquer. Right. It's just a little bit of a learning curve. So we've been able to help them see that. And it's not us saying, Hey, this is you, this is you. It's like, we literally help them see what the psychedelics have to offer in a therapeutic setting. It's, and I, I have to, and I will say this, they have to be treated with the most fucking respect you would treat anything with. Like if you, if you're religious and Jesus came down, you treat him like you're talking to Jesus. If, if you're not religious and you respect the shit out of your dad and you, know, you treat him like you're in the presence of your dad, that's, it's just something that is to be respected and you, you, you take it to where you're not partying. You're not in a crazy stimulated environment. It's a place where you can put on a blindfold, put on some amazing music and go in and search out your soul because that's what they do. And so that's why I'm going to come across and just be like super potent on that is that they have to be treated with the respect because if you're in an awkward situation that isn't conducive to intrinsic thought then you're going to be having a bad experience plain and simple anyone we've ever talked to that's had a bad trip is because they were doing it the wrong way and so when you are with yourself there's really nothing that can go wrong which is pretty awesome and amazing things happen so yeah that's my little spiel on second day.
0: No, it's cool, man. Helping people get very clear about exactly what it is that they want out of their life and uh, implement the steps to get there. I can respect that.
1: Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll give you a quick story, like Tara, and I wish she was here to tell it, but she had probably the worst relationship with her mom and hadn't seen her for eight or nine years, like hated her mom. I think the last conversation that she remembered was, her mom said, "You never love me. You never love me. You're you're not even my daughter." Kind of thing, and she was like, oh, "I didn't love you, but I just don't ever want you around. I want you around my kids." That was the last relationship. So, mm. the last year, her mom has been here nannying her kids and having an amazing relationship with her, and that literally happened through the progression of therapy with psychedelics. So that's just one amazing example of what they've done on a very small scale in terms of all our clients. So, and you know, I could go on for another seven hours on what it's done in my life. Sure. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing all that. And yeah, so Craig, where can people find out more about you, brother?
1: Yeah, super easy. So the Superhero Makers on Facebook, there's makers.com, not the superhero makers.com. I think you listed it. And uh, yeah, that's it. Simple as that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I love your face. Uh, everyone, make sure you go immediately over check out Craig's Facebook page yes. um, and we'll have a listen in the show notes and uh, yeah, you're putting good stuff out there and, and you're really sharing your soul, which I appreciate. You have a lot of authenticity and I know that you're helping a lot of people through that process okay. and that's what we need more of, you Thanks. know?
1: Yeah. I love what you're doing, man. And to, like, just to like be a little on the shallow end, your product is like my favorite BCA I've ever had. Like, hands down, like, you know, that's, I don't know if that's a true compliment or if it's a product you're near and dear to, but like, it's the only one I ever use. And
0: no, dude, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's my passion project, you know, you know how it is. So
1: yeah, of course, you know, that's awesome, man. I really do. Like, and what you're doing is awesome. Like every time we ran into each other, which is like twice in a (laughs) while, like always good people to be around.
0: So it's awesome, man. For sure, and and that's why I wanted everything to have you in the show. So, all right, good stuff, man. Well, well, thank you very much for your time. Okay. I appreciate you, and I'll look forward to connecting again very soon, my man. Awesome, brother. All right, take care. Yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple podcast. If you did, then go ahead and like and subscribe below. And if you're listening on iTunes, then make sure you subscribe to our channel. And if you love the content that we're putting out there, then leave us a five-star review. It's really the best way that you can support us in our mission to get the best quality strength, nutrition, fitness, and supplement information out there so that we can help more people. We appreciate you. Please continue to listen. And again, like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. Thank you so much. We appreciate you and your time and catch you on the other side.